Dear fellow redeemed, we consider especially our reading from Jeremiah chapter 23. And as we begin tonight, um, the picture that we're dealing with is the picture of a shepherd king. And the first time I heard that, it was um, our worship and one of our preaching professors at the seminary. And he was talking about one of these Old Testament readings about King David. And he said, basically, you've got two choices for a theme. And the only one that's a good theme is talking about King David, the shepherd king of Israel. And I thought, Professor Tiefel, <laughs> that's kind of a big statement. To say you can only have one particular theme from that particular reading, and talking about David as the shepherd king of Israel, foreshadowing the shepherd king Jesus. And so, in the course of discussion and a little bit more looking into it, this goes back even further than King David. You know, King David around the year, I don't know, 1000, 950 BC. And seriously, like a thousand years, almost 2000 years previously, all throughout uh, Mesopotamia, you know, modern day Iraq, Iran, Syria, and even down into Egypt, the people who lived there referred to their kings as shepherds. It's even found in um, cuneiform documents, which is that, that where you take like a pointed stick and then you make little wedge shapes in a, in a clay tablet. And we've got that writing, a very early form of writing, that talks about their kings as the shepherds of their people. And that's exactly the way that God portrays himself and that's exactly the way that God said that his kings should be, the shepherd of his people. And you think about it, um, shepherding was part of their everyday life. Shepherding and maybe herding goats, um, but shepherding in particular, where each day the shepherd had to lead them out and make sure that they found good grazing land and uh, keep them together, make sure that they had enough water and preserve them and protect them from any of the wild animals in the area. And each night the shepherds would be taking their turns, keeping watch over their flocks by night, whether it was lambing season or not. And even as Jesus describes for us in John chapter 10, that sometimes these shepherds would pool their flocks, multiple flocks, into one walled enclosure so that it would be easier to keep track of them and to keep watch over those flocks by night. That the shepherds would be doing that regularly, and that was part of their everyday life. We've talked about Moses at the burning bush, which was a, a one-time occurrence foreshadowing the presence of God among his people, that God, the great I Am, God's name for himself, our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who called himself, I am who I am, or I will be who I will be, or I will cause to create what I have decided to happen, that that is the God who appeared there at the burning bush. And then last week we talked about how God dwelt in the midst of his people in the tabernacle and then later on in the image of the temple. But then tonight's symbol is the symbol of the shepherd. And it's like an everyday occurrence for people living in that area. 
they would look at the hillside and see shepherds the way that, you know, maybe you'd see a herd of cows <laughs> if you're driving through the rolling hills of, of Wisconsin or you start heading out toward Oregon. Or, you know, driving through southern Minnesota and you see the long sheds of, uh, of hogs. It was just part of their everyday life. The way that you and I might see corn or grain, um, they would see the flocks dotting the hillside. That image of a shepherd was part and parcel of their everyday life because it meant sustenance, it meant clothing, it meant all these things where you, you probably knew a shepherd or maybe had grown up doing some shepherding. And that's the term that God uses for himself. And that's the term that God applies to his, his kings, the shepherd of his people. And spiritually speaking, that's even the term that God applies to the prophets and the religious leaders of his people. Because that's where God goes here in Jeremiah 22 and 23. And he does the same thing. Um, this, is, this is during the time when most of God's people was away in Babylon in exile. And so Jeremiah is back there in Jerusalem. And at the exact same time, Ezekiel is over in exile, and they're both talking about the same thing, that the shepherds God had in place for his people had fallen down on the job, that the shepherds God had for his people weren't doing their shepherding. And Ezekiel describes it, and Jeremiah describes it here, that they had, that they had um, taken advantage of the flock for their own gain, that they hadn't been putting in the hard work and the time that it took to properly protect and guard God's people. And spiritually speaking, as Jeremiah is wandering and preaching in the streets of Jerusalem, spiritually speaking, up there at the temple, the temple is in disrepair except for all the altars to the sun, moon, and stars and all these foreign gods. Talk about a problem. <laughs> that the shepherds of God's people had fallen down on the job, that they had not even preserved the worship of God, the true God, in the middle of his people. And that's what Jeremiah is talking about when God says, Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture. You have scattered my flock, you have driven them away, you have not taken care of them. In verses 1 and 2. Because you see right there, even though, even though the shepherds had, um, they hadn't taken care of God's flock and they had used their position for their own advantage, God said, they are my flock. They are still his people. And so he is going to step in and shepherd his people properly as well as promise a greater shepherd. He is going to gather the, the sheep that have been scattered, gather the people that have been scattered across the nations, and even the, the greater fulfillment of these verses from Jeremiah 23, we see a little bit later in John chapter 10, when Jesus says that he has sheep that are not of this flock, but they will hear his voice and join his flock also. And you don't have to look any further than the people worshiping with you tonight to see some of the flock that has been brought from all these other nations as well. And so the point, when we see Jeremiah here, 
Jeremiah uses this very earthy, very familiar image of a shepherd, of the great shepherd king, even David himself, talking, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Where David would say, everybody looks to me as a shepherd, David says. And David says, you know what, the Lord is my shepherd, that he is the perfect shepherd. And God says that he will continue to be the perfect shepherd for his people. Because during that, you know, by the time we get to the time of Jeremiah, nearly 400 years after David, the shepherding had fallen apart. And so God says, you know what? You have scattered my flock. You have driven them away. You have not taken care of them, but I will certainly take care of you. Wow. Yeah, yeah, got to raise your eyebrows at that one, Bob. That's, um, that's God saying, you know, this is a serious thing. Kind of like, um, like the equivalent of maybe your mom saying when you were a kid, just wait till your dad gets home. And here God says, I'm going to take care of you. I am going to straighten things out because of the evil things that you have done, declares the Lord. God says that he is going to step in and shepherd his people properly. And then look at how he says this. Uh, Verse 3, what is he going to do? First of all, he's going to gather what is left of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them, and I will bring them back to their pastures. That God continued to watch out for his people, even despite the poor shepherding by the shepherds of God's people, both in their governmental authority and in the religious authority. God says that he is going to gather them together and bring them back. But that's not even the greatest of the promises here. Continuing on in verse 4, I will raise up shepherds over them who will shepherd them. They will no longer be afraid or terrified, nor will any be missing, declares the Lord. God says, not only is he going to do the miraculous and gather his people out of all the nations to which they have been scattered, God is going to put new shepherds over his people who would guard and guide and protect his people. And he certainly did so. And on top of that, he keeps going. Listen, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I I will raise up for David a righteous branch who will reign wisely as king and establish justice and righteousness on the earth. And here, um, Jeremiah is basically quoting from the prophet Isaiah. From Isaiah chapter 9, and then a little bit later from Isaiah chapter 11. You might recall um, Isaiah, you know, about 200 years before this, so halfway between Jeremiah and David. (laughs) Yeah, pastor should have had a timeline tonight. (laughs) Um, But Isaiah, Isaiah who had said um, that he would raise up a branch from the stump of Jesse, and from his roots a branch would bear fruit. That this branch is now a kind of a specific title for Jesus, for the coming Messiah here, by the time we get to um, the prophet Jeremiah, that this branch is going to be coming from David's line, and he's going to be the perfect shepherd king of God's people. He's going to be the one who will, who will rule God's people for sure, and he's going to be the one who will protect God's people, and he's going to be the one exactly as he describes there in John chapter 10, he will speak to his people because that's the tool that he uses. You see the image um, that Jesus gives us in John chapter 10 of that shepherd 
of the flocks all um, flocking together inside of that enclosure. And then at morning time, the shepherd walks to the gate and opens the gate. And then he starts talking. Um, and he starts talking. I don't, you know, maybe telling them the news or the weather or, or calling them by name, um, if there are a few that are familiar, you know, like the little, the old children's song, um, I am Jesus' little lamb. Um, he knows me, calls me by my name. And then as he talks, he starts walking, and these sheep start following him because he leads them by his voice. He takes them out from where they felt safe and secure, and he leads them by his voice, which is basically the promise that he will be the one to take care of them, that he will be the one to provide for them and protect them. He leads them by his voice so that his sheep who know him and trust him will be with him and follow him. That's the shepherding that our great shepherd king Jesus does. Jesus, the the great shepherd. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch who will reign wisely as king and establish justice and righteousness on the earth. And that's still today. That is today. That this Jesus who leads and guides his flock by his voice continues to do so. That even in the, uh, <laughs> the somewhat gravelly, gravelly voice of Pastor Hagen when we get into December um, from all the extra services, um, even in the gravelly voice of Pastor Hagen, when you hear me speak in a way that is in line with God's word, which is hopefully all the time, and let me know if it's not, but when you hear your pastor speak, it's, it's the voice of Jesus. It's his words, and it's his shepherding for his flock. That he leads his flock still by his voice, that exactly as Jeremiah says here in verse 5, that Jesus still reigns wisely as king and establishes justice and righteousness on the earth as the great shepherd king, both the king of his people and in an external way, the king of this world, as well as spiritually, continuing to provide justice and righteousness on the earth. And you look around, and how does our king reign and rule? Well, he restrains evil. He restrains evil for the good of his church. And even when he does allow evil things to happen, or things that that are unpleasant but morally neutral, you know, like, like storms and tornadoes, that even when he allows um, sinful things to happen against his people or bad things to happen in our lives, he's still doing his perfect shepherding where he restrains evil and he uses those events for the blessing and benefit of his people. Even if that blessing or benefit would be to take a Christian out of this world and take them to the perfection of heaven. That's the perfect shepherding of our Savior who still establishes justice and righteousness on earth. But even greater, that spiritually speaking, the one who shepherds his flock by his voice continues to establish righteousness on earth, continues to distribute righteousness or place his righteousness on people on this earth. 
so that even today, looking around this room, you can recognize that you are clothed in the righteousness of Jesus just as much as any of the saints in heaven right now. And that even when we join to sing our Advent hymns, because you're clothed in the righteousness of Christ, because he shepherds his flock by his voice, and he creates faith through that voice, he continues to distribute righteousness to his flock through that same voice so that his Christians, his believers, can join in in a, a heavenly choir together, even if it doesn't sound quite the same as the angels on Christmas Eve. Clothed in the righteousness of Jesus, it's the perfect song for our Savior. That he continues to establish justice and righteousness on earth um, in an external way by restraining the evil of this world and also spiritually by creating faith through that voice, through the voice of his shepherding. And that's not even the greatest part of this yet, of this picture that Jeremiah culminates at in verse 6. In his day, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell securely. This is the name by which he will be called the Lord our righteousness. That Judah and Israel will dwell securely. And Jeremiah uses this in, um, you know, in like a governmental sense. When he says, you know, Judah, this place on the map, and Israel, this place on the map, will dwell securely. But what he's trying to convey to you and to me is that God's people, with this perfect shepherd king watching over them and ruling over them, that God's people have nothing to fear and every reason to rejoice that you and I, in a sense, have been brought into this spiritual nation of Israel through the voice of the shepherd who created faith, that you and I together are the spiritual descendants of Abraham because it is not the children who share flesh and blood that are the descendants of Abraham, but those who walk in the faith of Abraham who are Abraham's descendants. That we share the same shepherd king together that this is the name by which he will be called the Lord our righteousness. That our triune God, the Lord, is the one who has given and continues to give his righteousness to his people. That our triune God, the Lord, continues to dwell in the midst of his people. That our triune God, the Lord, still continues to establish righteousness on earth by distributing Christ's righteousness to you and to me. And so, maybe we don't see sheep dotting the hillsides the way that they did, to the same extent. Depending on where you grew up, maybe, maybe you see um, cows or pigs, and maybe more of the amber waves of grain or corn or whatever the case may be. But when God wanted to communicate to his people, he stooped down to their level to something that they saw every day. Sheep on a hillside and shepherds keeping them safe and keeping them together. And that's what God wants us to see tonight as well. As we look ahead to our celebration of Christmas, that this Jesus in the manger is one before whom we should take off our sandals because the place where we are standing is holy ground. That when we celebrate Jesus there on Christmas Eve and in every day, and even here, 
where we are reminded that, that Jesus has come to dwell among his people, that even today our Lord still provides shepherds for his people. That's, I mean, that's the word that, that we use for our pastors. That word pastor is a Latin word that means, that means shepherd. That our king, our shepherd king Jesus, still provides shepherds for his people, but most of all, he still shepherds his flock by his voice, with his righteousness and his justice forever. Amen.